How's it going, guys and girls? My name is Travis Stowe, and you're listening to the Muddy Shoe Podcast. Now, if you happen to notice that this is technically 002 on the episodes, but really this is the official episode, the very first episode that I'm releasing to you, and I'm excited about it. If you are on iTunes, you're most likely seeing this is considered two, but this again is officially one. The first one was only to allow iTunes to basically allow all these magical things happen in the world of technology. And so I thank them so much for allowing me to have this space and for you to be able to hear this show. It's going to be incredibly fun. Let's get it going. want to quickly throw a video clip that I did, actually the audio from a video clip I did the moment I finished The Beast this Saturday. Here it is. Okay, so I thought it took me four hours and 15 or 20 minutes, something like that. I barely beat my time from the, uh, the race in the super. Come to find out, I beat my super time, which is only... 9 to 12 miles. This one was 14.2 and I did it under 4 hours. Freaking amazing. Go Beast. So what I really want to do to talk about in this episode is give the idea what it's been like for me to complete my very first trifecta, the Spartan trifecta. And what that means by some people that maybe have never done this before, there is a three-part series in the Spartan races. And what that means is that if you complete three of these that happens to be a sprint a super and then there is a beast the sprint's about three to five miles the super is between eight to ten miles give or take and then the beast is between 13 to 16 miles depending on which beast someone's at and each one of these has about the same amount of obstacles the challenge is the type of terrain you're on and the distance it takes between each obstacle you know, before I get right into the story, I want to say something that was pretty funny. It was our experience that evening, the day before we had the Beast Run, and it's something that I've never experienced before. Happened to be at a hotel, and this is what happened. So as we were driving up on Friday evening, um, end up being that we had to leave around 5.30 in the afternoon. So the group I went up with, uh, one of the guys' names was Dorian, the other guy was James. One day I might bring them on the podcast if they ever felt like talking, but we had to wait for James to get off from work before we could head up. Of course, the day kind of went ahead of us. It got late. Uh, We had some dinner on the way up. But by the time we got to the hotel, I think the hotel, either this is maybe protocol, I don't know, but it ended up being that inside our hotel room, it seemed like, uh, again, this is what my experience was. One, it seemed like this was a drug infested area. So as we open up the doors, the, we got this enormous smell of weed. Uh, so I, mean, I think the carpets were, that was probably like the potpourri smell. So we're like, okay, this is interesting. Totally not what we were expecting, but you know, it's just for one night, whatever. We get our bags down. Uh, we are moving around. We notice that there's a, uh, I guess a refrigerator. We open it up because we were putting some water in there. Well, sure enough, there is an open plastic bag of bologna and cheese just sitting in the refrigerator and some water so either someone was staying there also 
and they forgot and they gave us the key to their room and before we walked in they either smoked up or something or that is what they use for a welcoming I don't know, but it was hilarious. It took a little while. They finally got us into another room. It wasn't as bad, but you know, days in, I have to say, uh, <laughs> it was not the most pleasant uh, hotel. But for the price, you know, sixty bucks or seventy bucks, whatever it was for one night, I guess you can't complain. But still, I almost completely forgot what set this whole evening off to be hilarious was that James, when we were walking out of the the front entry after we got our our badges to get inside the the hotel, we had to jump back into the car to go around to the location where our room was. I'm not sure how this happened, but James happened to be going through his bag and. If you could have anything fall out of your bag, this is probably the one thing you don't want to have fall out. And before I tell you, just consider where we were at. We, it, we're near what smelled like sewage and the ground wasn't the cleanest. So sure enough, as he's digging around through his bag, trying to zip everything up to put back into the vehicle, the one thing you don't want to drop out happened to somehow work its way out of the bag onto the ground and it was this toothbrush talk about gross i mean this is not one of those little five second rules where you can pick back up and you want to clean it off and try to use it again but thinking about anything and everything that could potentially follow his bag it happens to be his toothbrush which was in another bag i don't get it but that set the evening to just be completely hilarious then following it up opening our door and having the the weed smell potpourri and then the bologna and cheese I don't know, but that just that made the evening hilarious, and uh, yeah, that that started off for an interesting race for the next day. Now I told you that I want to kind of go back to what I was saying earlier. If you think about it, when we were little kids, remove all the stereotypes, remove all the punishments and the yelling and the where your parents are always on you for getting out and getting dirty and getting hurt playing in the mud. And they were doing it for free. And they're still doing that for free. But right now we're getting into the technical age where most people or most kids are playing with phones and not really getting out as much. What's surprising is that we've always had this in us to go out and play in the mud. And yet as we've gotten older, it seems like we have to pay to go and do these types of experiences to find our true self. But yet when we were younger, we've always had this in us. What happened? How do we lose this childlike excitement to be outside? I mean, think about it. Picture yourself looking out the window. You're at work, you're at home, and it's starting to rain, or it's a really hot day, or a really cold day, or it's snowing, something. Have you thought about, you know what, I'm just gonna get out and get dirty in the mud. I'm gonna go to a park, jump in a creek, and start crawling myself through up and down a mountain hill, and get cut up and bruised and and do it just for the fun of it. When's the last time you really thought about doing that? Now, I'm not talking about doing it as training for an obstacle race. I'm just talking about just in general. When was the last time you've ever really thought about doing that? Or do you usually think about my TV show is about to come on and sit down on the couch and watch a television show? Now, I'm not saying every single person goes through the day-to-day life and saying, I'm going to sit down and watch TV. Myself and my wife, we haven't had really cable in probably eight or nine years. We've cut the cable. 
We've done pretty much anything that's only on Hulu, and we have very few shows that we do like to watch. And now that we have a son, that time has been kind of depleted even more. So we don't really put as much time into television like we used to seven or eight years ago. So there are people that don't have TV that will fall right into that, and they usually have other things that they do. They might work outside in the the yard. They might work in their garage. They might go to the gym. They might go out and drink with some buddies, or who knows? There's something that people do. But the thing is, as you get older, it seems like the act of going outside and playing in the mud seems to dissipate. It seems to go away. It's not as in us as something that we want to do on a day-to-day activity. And it's okay. I mean, we have other priorities. Life takes over. When we were kids, we didn't have as many things to worry about, things that we had to deal with. And then when we were so fed up with the entire day, we just want to sit back and relax. Kids don't really have that. Not yet. So they get the option of just living a worry-free life and being outside playing if they go. And I'm going to say, if they go, because technology seems to take that away even now, but if they do go outside and they do play, it's because they enjoy it. It's this spirit of being young. The reason why I was thinking about the idea of why we do this, you know, we pay money to go run in the mud. We pay money. And for some people, a lot of money because they travel everywhere. I've done a few obstacle races before I jumped into the Spartan race. And after completing the trifecta the first time, I have much respect at who came up with these ideas because they they basically brought a whole world together. They do remove every type of stereotype. They remove every type of issue between color and race and ideologies because everybody's on the same common goal. Make it to the end. And there are team events and there are individual ones. The Spartan race happens to be an individual race, but it is about you. It's about what you've done. And when you finish, it's like you've given up all the crap that you've had to deal with. You've put on this new badge of honor that you can endure more pain and you search for something harder. That's what it seems like to me to complete the trifecta. I did all three steps. I went from the sprint, getting my feet wet, Then I went to the super, Asheville nonetheless, but I loved every moment of it. And then from there, I worked my way to the beast. So I took building blocks and each time I got stronger, I got faster. My time to completion based on the distance actually was improving each and every time. What I love about these events is that at the end, if you accomplish them, you'll walk away with some scrapes and bruises, some aches and pains, but usually a medal to go along with the journey that you just accomplished. And for some people that could mean totally different than others. Uh, But what I love about that is that you have this ability to look back at something you accomplished, not just by a photo, not just by memory, but you can look at a medal that you can say, you know, I did that. And whenever there's a type of adversity that you have to overcome, you can look back at that and say, I overcame that. I overcame this this obstacle. I remember how hard that was. And I was able to do that. Whatever is in facing me now is cakewalk. It changes their world. It makes them a different person. There are people that fail, and that's okay. There are a lot of people that fail, and they either quit or they go back, they get over themselves, what problems that they had, 
and they start realizing, what did I do that made me fail? Did I need to lose some weight? Do I need to work out harder? Do I need to be better conditioned? Do I need to have better nutrition? Do I need to be in the right association with people to get the right motivation and mindset so I can focus myself to achieve these goals? And they go and find that. They fix the issues that they think they need to do, and then they go after these races again and see if they pass or fail. And if they fail, they'll do it again, and do it again, and do it again, until they succeed. What's great about that is you can look back at when, let's say you're gonna apply for a job and they say, what are your weaknesses or what are your strengths? And you could look back at these, I would almost assume as to say, you know what? These are considered strengths. You can say, these are awards that I've achieved. Why not? I mean, you looked back and you've accomplished something. You dedicated yourself to become better and it shows and you have a medal to prove. To me, these are badges of honor. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out what I want to say when it comes to what I felt going through the 2016 and accomplishing my trifecta. And just so we have this on record, my trifecta, I accomplished it on August 29th, 2016. But just because I've completed the trifecta doesn't mean I'm going to stop there. <laughs> if, I, if I decide I wanted to end my obstacle racing there, yeah, this, this podcast it would be ending just as quick as I finished my trifecta. Now, and why would you be listening? So obviously that's not the case. I'm going to be pushing myself harder. Spartan has more races that they do offer that are outside the trifecta, not just trying to complete multiple trifectas, which there are people that do it. Again, I think that's crazy and amazing at the same time. I mean, there's other races that the Spartan, I guess you would say series, has to offer, and I'm gonna look into those. I'm also gonna look at other types of races that are outside of Spartan. I'm just talking about Spartan now because I have accomplished something I thought was very important to myself and it happens to be completing the trifecta, which is what this episode's about. There are other races out there that we're gonna tap into. And again, the show, well, actually, you probably don't know this yet, but even though this show is called The Muddy Shoe, The Muddy Shoe Podcast, it's not gonna be tailored to just obstacle racing. There are other podcasts out there that do that, and they do it incredibly well. I'm going to talk about those. I'm going to have people on the show to talk about those as well, different types of races, but that's not the main purpose. This show is about giving people a open mic to share their stories, their true grit, what they've accomplished, what they've learned. It might be through nutrition, it might be through workouts, it might be through mindsets, it might be through something that anyone that listens can take away from that episode and feel good about themselves or it gives them a wake-up call to get off their butt and do something better. And it might not be an obstacle race. It might be just being a better person. But Surprisingly, because obstacle races seem to draw that out in people, this podcast, The Muddy Shoe, is going to wrap itself around that community because I think people speak the truth when they have the hardest time accomplishing something. And when they finally do, they would love to share what they've learned. That's what I want this podcast to be like. I want people to be able to come on and share their adversity, share their stories. So you, the listener, potentially one day being one of the guests, but at the moment, the listener can learn something from someone else and saying, you know what, I can relate to them. And if they can do it, so can I. So that's what this podcast is about. 
This episode specifically is about my belief in what I've accomplished. Completing the trifecta was an incredible experience. I'm so happy that I decided to take part in the Spartan races. I'm so happy that I did the sprint first. I did the uh, super and surprisingly enough, as hard as it was to do the one in Asheville, the super itself, there were people that complained, but I loved every moment of it. I loved getting deep into the mountains, going up and down the hills. It was incredibly hard, probably in my mind, maybe a little bit harder than the beast. The beast killed me. Uh, I did better than on the beast in any of the races. I trained harder, but near the end, I it, it, the last quarter of a mile, I was I was done. I mean, I literally had to push myself every little bit to finish that race. And it's only, you know, it's under 14 miles or 14.2. Some people say 14.7. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The fact was that, that last little bit was really hard for me. I accomplished it. But if I looked at the entire race, Asheville was harder by far. The beast beat me down because of the distance and the the different types of terrain that we're constantly on for whatever reason it killed my legs and uh, i loved every moment of it i have to say though one of the things that i think i probably could have done better on the beast was do more pre-stretching and uh, even during after i've accomplished a particular obstacle instead of just taking off i wish i stepped down and did a little bit more stretching in between um and to help stretch out my my legs because as i was getting to like mile eight nine ten i felt pretty good 11 and 12 i felt like my calf muscles started to shake and if you've ever had that feeling you know what i mean um when i hit 13 i felt like my legs or my calves were going to go you know buckle up luckily they didn't but when I hit mile 14, my calves were locked out. At that point, I had to sit and really stretch out my calves until I felt the muscles release. So, uh, and then in, after that, the rest of that quarter mile, I, I really couldn't run. I had to pretty much walk, which affected my time a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. So the race, the beast, uh, completing that was absolutely amazing. I was excited to build to finally complete the trifecta. But what I really also enjoyed was knowing what I was able to accomplish, all the prep that I put myself through to be able to do this and do it well, at least well enough to my own belief, was well worth it. And during each race, I do enjoy speaking with the, you know, anybody that's running beside me or coming up from behind and you know, surpassing my, my pace or as vice versa, myself passing someone else and just saying, hey, what's going on? I enjoyed learning their stories while they were sharing and we came, you know, these many acquaintances and, you know, the short period of friendships that we built. Uh, I, I've honestly had the best pleasure of getting to know each and every person that allowed me to say, hey, and they were willing to say, hey, back and we just chatted. Uh, there's a couple of them that I was able to meet again from the super to the, the beast, which was great. It was exciting to be able to meet someone that I met before, started, I guess you would say, a friendship and be able to meet up with them again on the beast at the end. You know, so Scott and Daniel, if you happen to be listening to this episode, awesome. But I just wanted to say I really enjoyed hanging out with you after the beast and reminiscence of the the super and the beast and what we went through. It was, I love that camaraderie. I thought that was great. And I hope we get to do it again in a future race. But uh, again, that is the 
purpose of why I enjoy these races is to be able to meet people and socialize. And that's not the only reason, but that is a aspect of why I do this. It lets me know that I'm not the only one that has this type of mindset of getting out into the wilderness, getting out, even if it's not in the woods, just getting outside away from technology, getting back to our roots the way we were before we grew up. I keep jumping back to the idea of doing this like we were when we were kids, before we grew up. Because I want you to think about, if you happen to be listening to this point on this episode, thank you again. But wherever you're at, if you're driving, if you're at your office and you have a window, you're at home, you look out the window. What does it look like? Is it rainy? Is it sunny? Is it cold? Is the fall weather just coming in? What is it like? Now think about, why are you inside? Why don't you just go outside? Why don't you just spend a little bit outdoors? You know afterwards you're going to feel good. Even if it's raining, you're going to feel good because you got outside and you started acting younger. I say younger because no matter how old you get, you can only act younger. You will never be younger. Physically, you can become younger in health, but in your mind, you can only act younger. And the best way is to go outside. So I'm gonna leave this episode with that. I hope this episode wasn't too boring for you. Being that it is the first, I'm trying to figure out where my voice is in this type of uh, the world of obstacle racing, if I even have one. I know I don't have one yet, but in time, hopefully this show will be something that people will look to or look forward to and hearing what other people's have to say, because honestly, this show is again, not about me. I'm not going to be talking about me very much. I really want to talk to you. And I can't wait to speak to you. And hopefully one day you and I will be able to meet. And I say you, because if you're listening to this, very well could happen. If you're listening to this episode, thank you so much. If you haven't followed us yet, if you go to mymuddyshoe.com forward slash follow us, it will give you our three links that we have so far, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you could follow those, that'd be great. If you go to mymuddyshoe.com forward slash iTunes, it'll take you to the iTunes page on the computer. There's a spot in iTunes that will let you write a review about the show. And I wish iTunes would make it a little bit easier for you, but they just seem to make it quite complicated. But for the ones that will take the time, again, thank you for that. That's it. My name is Travis Stowe. You're listening to the Muddy Shoe Podcast. Stay tuned to the next one. Hopefully it will be better than this one if you have an opinion on it. And um, that's it. I'm out of here.